Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. God's moving already, isn't He? I believe that God wants us to walk out of here different to the way that we walked in. I believe that this doesn't just have to be a service that's static, but it can be a service that is running and it is a service that we take something from this atmosphere, the power of God, and it runs through our life. Let's get ready. You can turn your Bibles to Psalm 118. You can take your seats. That would be fantastic. My name is Dan, if I haven't met you, and it's my great honor and privilege to be sharing around the Word today. And I'm excited because anytime I come around the Word of God, I know that it is going to speak directly into the circumstance or situation that I walk through. I can read a passage and we can be spoken to about in that passage that we've read 1,000 times specifically to where we find ourselves. That it doesn't matter how many times, how familiar we get with the Word of God, that it's still new, that it's still fresh, and that it's still relevant that something about the Word of God can leap out of us, illuminated to us, and we can take the Word of God and say, God, this is your promise, this is what I've heard, this is what I'm going to do about it, and it can change our life. I was reading Psalms, and I've been reading Psalms for this last little bit, and I've been trying to read large chunks of Psalms. And if you haven't been reading Psalms lately and you're going through a bit, I would encourage you to read Psalms. You'll be surprised where David, King David, a man after God's own heart, found himself. You'll be surprised about the depths of his loneliness that he found himself in, but you'll also be surprised about the way that he picks himself up by declaring the promises of God. Psalm 118 is a psalm that Jewish, the Jewish tradition was to read it before Passover. This was the psalm, one of the psalms, there was five psalms that they would read, and this was one of them that Jesus would have said before his crucifixion with his disciples. It's a psalm that spoke to me when I was thinking about this analogy of being hard pressed. Anyone feel pressured in this place today? Anyone under a circumstance or a situation where you feel like there's no space to move? Then this is your psalm. David writes this. He says, when hard pressed, I cried to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. I love that God can bring us into a spacious place. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me, he is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust humans. Who can say amen to that? It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust princes. All the nations surrounded me. I'm getting the sense that David feels like he's being pressured into a place that he can't escape from. All the nations surrounded me, but listen to these words, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me, situations swarm. Sometimes problems swarm. Sometimes things that are coming towards us don't seem like they're coming at a pace that we can take control of or that we can comprehend because they swarm around us. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back 
You've ever felt pushed back in life? You've ever felt like you've been forgotten? Ever felt like you're on the edge? Ever felt like you don't know what tomorrow holds? If you've ever felt pushed back, but the Lord helped me. I love these last words. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He has become my salvation. Same man who wrote to God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. This tells me that God can become our salvation more than one experience. That God can become my salvation every time I walk through something that was bigger than me and I look to him and he pulls me through every single time. That the salvation experience is more than just one reply in a service. It's a continual every day. God, will you become my salvation? that God, you're gonna do something in me right now. You're gonna, you're gonna do something in this circumstance. You have to do something in this circumstance because I've got nothing. God, I've got nothing. And David says, the Lord has become my salvation. He knew God. This was a reoccurring thing. Hard pressed, surrounded, but he called upon the name of the Lord. You may find yourself in a pressured situation. You may find yourself in a place where you don't know who to call on. You feel like you have no options left. You feel as if there's nothing that can good that can come from this, but can I encourage you? Can you call upon the name of the Lord? I mean the name of Jesus. And I don't mean to do it for religion's sake. I don't mean to do it because it's the five steps of how to get out of it. I just mean to do it with all sincerity and with every bit of passion that you have. That when we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that if the name of God can be placed above it, he can enter into it. Because he's not a God who's too big to be small. Sometimes we think of God as some great big God who stands tall above the heavens, looks down on us and goes, that's good, that's bad, that's good, that's bad, that's good. No, 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 he entered in and he steps into the smallness of our life and he brings forth life. He's not a God who leaves us in the problem or leaves us without perspective. He is the God that enters in to the small details of your life and the small details of my life. He is everywhere. But you see, being aware of God is a whole different thing. When we find ourselves in life, there's a constant contest for our attention. If you have a phone right now, even as I'm speaking, there's a contest that I'm battling for your attention. (laughs) Youth. (laughs) Everywhere we look in life, there is a constant battle for your attention. So being aware is a totally different thing. Like God's presence is everywhere. God is the God who's big, but he's also small. He's the God who oversees, but he's the God who enters in. But being aware that God is with me is a totally different thing. That's up to me. God's everywhere. He's in the circumstance with you and he's leading you through. He's in the pain with you and he's leading you through. But gaining that perspective at times can be oh so hard. We are in a place where our attention is constantly being fought for, even by babies. No, I'm joking. No, it's all good, Ruby, Ruby can get away with it, Kate. <laughs> we are given 24 hours every day, 1,140 1, minutes, 
or 86,400 seconds. Every day in those moments, we have our attention being drawn to something. Sometimes we can't sleep. Even in our sleep, our attention's drawn to the problem. Even in our sleep, when you think that you're not, that you're, you should just be able to relax, you've been woken up. Even when you're trying to rest, that thing is still there. We all get 24 hours a day of contested space. What do I mean by contested? I mean that there is a competition out there for the church's attention. There is something that is trying to impede itself on the church to distract us from our Christ. And we have spaces in our life where we need to focus on things, I get that. But we have a place in our life that we should allow no thing to take the worship from God. Contested space emotionally, contested space spiritually, contested space in our thinking. Do you know that we make 35,000 choices every day? (laughs) That shocked me. (laughs) We have over 6,000 thoughts run through our minds every day. 6,000 thoughts. If we're not deliberate in those thoughts, they will be subject to what we find ourselves going through. If we're not super deliberate with those thoughts in our mind, those 6,000 thoughts can quickly pollute the life of a believer, can quickly pollute our thinking, can quickly pollute our heaven perspective, can quickly pollute what God wants to do. If we're not intact and deliberate about, about creating the space for God. I wanna talk about some real world contested space right now in car parks. Car parks are contested space where everybody is going for the best car park. I don't know if you realize, but when you, if you're ever in a car park with me, you should know one thing. We are in competition and we are not friends that day. I am going for the best car park closest to the shops because my wife told me so. I'm going to the spot (laughs) that's the best place and I'm trying my best to get the car park that everybody wants. I'm gonna say this, I'm blessed when it comes to car parks. I don't know if it's just a gifting, but I just seem to get the best car parks and I'm just gonna ride on that right now. I pray for car parks. I'm not ashamed to bring God into the competition, just so you know. So I'll be praying in my car, I'll be worshiping in my car, and I'll be like, God, I need a car park in this moment, and I will bring him in. I'm not ashamed to bring God into the small things, even car parks. <laughs> I think it comes from my university. You see, who builds a 20,000 person university and places 20 car parks? Thank you, Griffith University. And what happens is, I've got an amen for that. <laughs> what happens is, We get so caught in the car park drama at university. I remember I was like, every time I pulled up to the car park, I was like, how long is this gonna take today? Waiting, waiting. And I remember one time I had an exam and I was running late for this exam already. And I got to the car park, all 40 car parks. Not really, it was a bit more. But they're 40 car parks, I felt like. And I waited one and a half hours for a car park. And I arrived with just enough time, but I'm literally, the exam was starting right now. I, had, I wasn't even parked yet. And I see a glimmer of hope, a guy walking towards his car. I drive up behind him, no shame, wind down the window and say, hey, can I take your car park? He's like, yep, I'm right at the other end. I literally follow this guy all the way up. 
And as, as he's, I'm, I'm just driving and he's just walking and it's really awkward, but I'm like, I've got to get this car park. I don't care how awkward this is. And as I'm blinking in to go into the car park, my blinker is on, it's clear. He has given the car park to me. 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 Did I say me? He said, I'm, the blinker is on. And what happens is, another guy comes into the car park. And he goes, right place, <laughs> right time. And as the car is backed out, I had to reverse a little bit just to allow him to get backed out. He, this other guy, gets into the car park before me. Now, my patience and the fruits of the Spirit were not working well that day. You see, my mind had been so, my, my fruits of the Spirit were being contested with, and I just gave them up. There was no patience, there was no self-control. I wound down the window, and this guy's already out of his car. He thought, if I jump out real quick, the guy will just give up. I'm like, no, 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 you're getting back into that car. And I literally wound down the window, I'm like, bro, that's my car park. I'm like, move. <laughs> and he literally goes, and I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna go. <laughs> we'll see. He gets into his car and he reverses out and he drives off. <laughs> and I'm like, you can go wait your hour and a half for the car park. I go in and I park my car. That was my space. <laughs> Hopefully today I would be a bit more gracious. Pray for me. Don't worry, I'm not that mean at church. If you see me in the car park. <laughs> That's why we get to church early. See, I told the guy to move because that was my space. That was the place that I created so that I could park my car so that I could go where I needed to go. What things have you allowed to take the places and the space in your life that now you're inhibited in where you can go and what you can do? What thoughts, what emotions and problems are you allowing into the limited places in your life without contending for them? Are you living fully aware that your present right now and your future are in contested space? That there's a competition for the space in your life. And there are things that we give our time to, like I've already said, but there are things that we set our minds above. Colossians 3, one to two, says this, Paul writes, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. See, attention, not intention, determines direction. We can have the best intentions toward God, towards life, towards everything, family, everything around our life. We can have the best intentions, but if we don't give the correct things attention, then it will determine our direction. So I can get distracted from God, I can get distracted from what He's called me to do, I can get distracted from everything else with the right intentions. It's a little bit scary, isn't it? That you can have the right intentions, but unless your attention is fixed on Christ, then we'll get led by everything around our life. We'll get led by situation after problem, after concern, after anxiety, after stress, after relationship problem. We'll get guided by all of the wrong things. See, some things deserve our attention, but they no, nothing, 
Nothing, and I mean nothing, other than God deserves our worship. See, everything that has our attention is the thing that we worship. So we can, we can worship problems and situations, but when we think about them, when we dwell on them, when we think about what could have been, we can worship a period of our life that's past rather than worship God who's bringing us into our future. We can have the best intentions about it. You see, I believe God wants to create some space tonight. I believe God wants to speak into those places that we've allowed something to intrude into the space that only he should occupy. That we've allowed these things in and we haven't yet noticed. Because these things just, like that guy, I'm gonna sneak in, I'm I'm done, I'm parked, I'm good. Those things don't go out, you know what, I'm gonna ruin your life. I'm gonna ruin your perspective. I'm gonna take your faith. I'm gonna take everything that you've stood for, I'm gonna crush it beneath my feet. Those things don't say that. They come in as concern and they, they, they come through the door of our hearts as worry and doubt, stress, but we give them our worship. We give them the space that we should only hold for God. The space where Jesus becomes all the more real and this life and the reality sometimes must bow the knee. See, at times the crisis feels like it's defeating Christ. The disciples on the second day, on the first day, would have felt like the crisis had defeated Christ. Where are you, God? This is not my expectation. This is not where I planned. This is not what I purposed. Where are you, God? And we can find ourselves quickly focusing all on the crisis and forgetting Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9 says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Don't you love the word of God? We're perplexed, we're pressed on every side but not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. We're persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down, I'm not destroyed. I'm walking through something, I'll get over it because I have someone with me who is more powerful than anything of this universe, who is more powerful than me. In my own strength I have nothing but in God's strength I have everything that I need. This is secluded, this space is only God's. See, the contested space in my life is only reserved for the wonder of God, the wonder of who he has called us to be. If I can have my helpers come up on stage, that would be brilliant. I'm gonna give you a bit of a illustration to my point. We won't be a moment, they're here, they're somewhere. Big Dan, Little Dan, Medium Dan, Zach. Made it simple. (laughs) We're gonna play a quick game of footy. No, not really. Can you guys see this? I might move this over here for you. Not near the screen, don't you worry. It's all good. Faith, do you like my creativity? Faith. (laughs) 
Let's say this is your faith. In life, we're handed, we're handed the ability to believe. Isn't that outrageous? That in this world, we've been given an opportunity, that we've responded to God and now we have faith. We have something that creates space in our life. We have something that, that brings out creativity. We have something that the world around us doesn't and it needs to get everywhere that it's not. But we have this ability and we have faith. And what happens is we have things. And let's call this thing, <laughs> thing one, <laughs> health problems. <laughs> let's call this one financial pressure. And let's call this one relational pressure, okay? All of the things, actually you can be the past. Yeah, you'll be the past. Zach's gonna be the past for us. All of these things are in our life. We've got things like, you, you add your things, whatever they are right now, put them there. But you have a whole life with faith. And what we do is the things that should take a seat, like we have to focus on relationships, we have to focus on finances and it would be unwise not to. So they deserve some space in our life, but they don't deserve the space that God, that God permits. They don't, they don't deserve the space that only, the faith space, as I would say. They don't deserve the innermost parts of your being. They just deserve some space. And we can deal with them while they're seated, while they're not intruding, while they're not waking me up in the middle of the night. We can deal with those things and we should think about those things. We should use wisdom. We should um, uh, uh, draw our attention to those things, but we should not ever, 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 ever allow them into our most sacred place, into the innermost parts of our relationship with God. We shouldn't allow them to start stealing our time more than God. Instead of praying, we end up sitting there and worrying. Instead of worshiping, all we can think about is the thing. And instead of being able to have some joy or being able to read the word, we're just thinking about the problem. And suddenly our worship is all about the thing rather than Christ. You see, what happens is you can stand up, boys. What happens is they start at a distance and it seems as if, like I've still got a bit of creativity right now. I could chip the ball. No, I'm joking. I could do whatever I needed to do if this was your life. But because I've invited them into the space, they're gonna, they don't need any invitation to move forward. They're gonna keep on intruding. They're gonna keep on trying to impose on me. They're gonna continue to try. <laughs> Shivers. <laughs> Got me in the chin. Anyway, they're gonna continue to try to take this. They're gonna continue, and what happens is, from a distance, I can deal with yous. <laughs> Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought that? One time I ran at this guy from a distance on the footy field and got dropped on my back. It was terrible. I couldn't deal with him. But from a distance, I think I can. But now that you've come forward, now I've allowed them to take the space that was only God's, my options are limited. Now, I have, now my vision is impaired, my options are limited and I feel surrounded. I have two things that I can do. 
I can give up and think I've done. Not realizing that giving up the faith does nothing to the situation. Giving up the faith won't help your perspective. In fact, it'll probably make it worse. We invite a few more people up. See, giving up the faith won't actually do anything. It'll make the crisis even bigger and Christ even smaller. Or I can do this. And this is why we come to church. Because there will be moments, and it won't, might not be financial pressure, it might be health circumstances or something like that. There will be moments where we don't have the faith because we can't gain the perspective. And this is where the church comes involved. This is why it's important that we make community our calling. This is why it's important that we make church. I'm not just talking about Sundays, but I'm talking about being in amongst the church, being involved with the church. So important because there'll be moments where we feel like we're cut off, the opportunities aren't there, there's no space that I can occupy and I need to offload and I need support. And he's able to create some space for me that wasn't there in the first place and I can move away and I can rely on Caleb's faith rather than relying on my faith and the faith that I would have given up was actually the faith that broke through. The faith that I would have let go of was actually the faith that I needed to offload so that, he, so that he could create space that I didn't even know existed. And sometimes we find ourselves, what's Hebrews? Can we have that up on the screen? No, we can't. Hebrews 10.25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Thanks, guys. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. See, not meeting together is just a habit. But I tell you what, if you're not meeting together, if you're not in community with people and your vision and, and you get crowded on and you've unintentionally let some things into your space, then it will either take you out or you can offload for support. I would say do the latter. Offload and rely on somebody else's faith because there will be moments where we don't have it all together. There will be moments, hate to be grim, but you're not gonna have enough faith. But the person sitting next to you might. The person sitting next to you might have actually been through what you're walking through. And so they know how to create space in the situation because they can start to bring their testimony, they can start to bring their story, and, and God can receive the glory. And sometimes that's all that's about, is that we just need to gain perspective. And while we invite those things in and, we're, and they crowd around us, the options are cut off, but we still have each other. And if we still have each other, we still have hope because God breathes life through everyone in this room. You don't need a pulpit, you don't need a stage to speak life. You just need a friend to speak life with. You can encourage each other, you can challenge each other that if you're gonna give up, I'm there for you. Offload your faith to me, I'll run it for you. I'll, you can come alongside me, I'll make sure, I'll pick you up, I'll drop you off, I'll pray, I'll fast, I'll do whatever I need to do to make sure that you're still here and that you're still standing. The thing that should have destroyed you will be the thing that builds you. The thing that should have been your downfall will actually build it be the thing that builds you. See, church is important. And in, a, in this COVID world, we got things stripped back. Some things left us in COVID and we were just, we still praise God for. You see, people are stricter on their schedules now more than ever. Oh, gonna, we wanna go out that night. We, we're out of routine. We don't wanna do this or do that. And that can be fine for some things. But when it comes to meeting together as the church, Unless totally unavoidable, I think we should make that a priority. 
I think church should be the priority. I'm, I'm, like I'm saying, I'm not just talking about Sundays. I'm talking about being in community, connect groups, reading the Bible together, worshiping together, praying together. Because there will be moments where you don't have the faith and that's okay. Every, most people, if you've walked with God in this room, you've had to rely on somebody else's faith because you said, God, I don't know if you're there, but I believe you're still working. Let's be a church that sees people, that sees community as the highest calling, that, that God would work through us, that he would work through our stories, that we wouldn't see people around us fall off, there wouldn't be about how far they can get to the back of the church or how far they can get away or how many weeks they, you know, let's be a church that sees people, that encourages people walking through stuff. Because we all have contested places and spaces in our life, but we all have a future. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a future for us. Sometimes we allow things to cloud that future and we worship the problems and the problems have no significance. But when we allow God into the space, when we allow community, when we allow church, the problems have a purpose. The problems are an advantage at the end of the day. The situations bow the knee and the Saviour is glorified. That's the beauty of the gospel is every time they felt like they had no way out, the disciples look at the dead body of Christ being taken down from the cross and they think there is no way this is gonna end up good. We're all dead. Look at the sign they've sent. The Roman cross has been glorified yet again. Man, I look at a cross and I feel hope. I shouldn't feel hope. We should not have a cross at the front of our building. Do we get that? Because that was a sign of torture, that was a sign of defeat, but Jesus took the defeated sign and he made it a sign of victory and he can take your defeated sign and he can make you the symbol of victory in your family, in your life, in your friends' hearts. You can become the sign of victory for a generation. So will we be those people? Don't draw back that don't allow things with the best intentions. We, we, we try our best to create the space that only God can occupy. We're deliberate about our worship. We're deliberate about reading His Word. We're deliberate about prayer. We're deliberate about thinking about who God is. We're very deliberate, but then in those circumstances where those problems just seem oh so big, that we actually get in community and we've stuck, that we turn to our friend, our neighbor, and say, you're gonna need to help me through this. We get vulnerable and we allow God to do what only God can do in His church. Yeah? Let me pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I just pray for each and every person in this room tonight. Father God, I pray, Lord, Your peace, Your mercy, and Your grace to fall over every person. Father God, for those who've walked in and they've felt, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go. I don't know how I'm ever gonna see clear again. I don't know how I'm gonna create any space, Dan, for God anymore. 
because the problems, the situations, the circumstances seem all, all too big. And like David, we've walked in and we say, we feel surrounded. But I wanna draw our attention to the name of Jesus right now. Father God, that your name would be lifted up. The name that is hope, the name that is life, the name that is light. That Father God, in the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue confess that you are Lord. That every circumstance, every situation that looks like death would be turned for life. That Father God, hope and faith would arise in us. And that God, we would realize that we are loved. We would realize that although you're big and you're glorious and you're awe-inspiring and you're incredible, but you're also with us. Father God, let your presence be felt. Whatever person's walking through right now, just let your presence right now be felt in their heart in a new, real way. With every head still bowed, I just wanna take an opportunity. If there's anybody and you've not heard about Jesus, maybe this is your first time in church or maybe you've come for a few times, I just wanna invite you to respond and all you're doing is just saying, hey, I wanna know more about this Jesus after this service. I'm not gonna call you down the front, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I will see your hand and we'll come talk to you after the service. Is there anybody in this room tonight who feels like I'm, I wanna know more about this God that you've been speaking about, this God who creates wide open spaces for me? Is there anybody here tonight? One more time, because you're worth waiting for. If that's you, let me see your hand and you can put it straight back down. Brilliant. Well, church, I hope this encourages you. Hope it sees that God is doing something in our lives. And for anyone walking in through problems right now, I wanna encourage you. Don't allow it to steal the worship that should only be reserved for God.